Hey, y'all. Well, it's Fantasy Suite Week, and there were way more tears than I would have anticipated for a time that traditionally is celebrated with champagne toast and chocolate-covered strawberries and do-not-disturb signs on the hotel door. Seriously, there were lots of reasons to cry, and some guy in Austin and I discussed them all. For example... Is ABC the worst for trotting out Matt James's dad for a fireside chat about his childhood? Was Rachel blubbering over her inability to compartmentalize fantasy sweet realities? Or was it her hideous shirt that showcased her belly button in a ta-da sort of way? Hideous. How hard did Brie cry when she thought her fantasy sweet date would occur in a pop-up tent from Academy Sports and Outdoors? And did I laugh so hard at the end of this episode that I had to wipe my eyes with a tissue? You'll have to listen to find out. We call that a teaser in the biz. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 206 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Ray. I'm here with some guy in Austin. We're going to talk about big things that happened on the TV. That's right. Harry and Megan's interview. What did you think? Um, It was interesting. I really don't have any um, frame of reference other than just, you know, grocery store line and stuff. I don't follow those people. I thought, you know, some of those accusations, uh, particularly the, the one particular one that everyone's talking about was pretty shocking. And I just my only opinion on that is if that's the case and it's that, um, you know, if that's true, then I do think they owe it to whoever it is in the family um, to identify the person that said that. Because I got the impression that it was one person within the family. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that should be visited on every single person. And that's sort of how it's being played right now. Um, Mrs. Some Guy seems to think that Miss um, Markle is not being truthful mm. uh, about any of it. Um, I don't really share that opinion because I can see that some of the stuff that both of them are talking about, about being held captive and being locked in and all that, um, that seems to be a theme since I remember when Diana passed away. And the only yeah. frame of reference I have, again, I don't follow the Royals, but I remember from the time I was, whatever it was, 1986 until the time of her death, every time I saw Princess Diana, I remember thinking she looks so unhappy. Yep. And and I had no frame of reference. She just looked miserable every single time she was photographed. Um, the only time she, I saw her smile is when she was like playing with kids in Africa or something. But yep. um, yeah, it's, the whole thing is sad. And I think that um, it'll all pan out the way it's going to pan out. But um, the, uh, the um, historian in me says the monarchy survives. <laughs> I would agree with that. And I think Harry and Meghan are going to be okay because Oprah is their neighbor. And <laughs> no. just like you can go the, borrow a cup of sugar, you can borrow a million right. bucks. And right. the, the, over. the best part, and we can move on from this, but the best part was um, was Oprah, you know, a billionaire, <laughs> was, was asking them, well, what's it like since you left? Mm-hmm. And she just said, well, uh, Meghan said, well, um, we're just we're we're so happy that we can live more authentically, and I'm thinking, yeah, in your fifteen million dollar house, <laughs> you know, 
I mean, come on. And like money's not this doesn't solve everything, but it sure doesn't hurt, you know. That's so right. I, and you know, they have keys now and cell phones and well, all this stuff that they didn't have before. Yeah. I just I feel like um if they were if if they were really, 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 really sincere about um ducking out and, and doing what they say they do, they wouldn't have moved to Montecito, California and you know, been that visible. They just signed what a hundred million dollar deal with Netflix or something or some ridiculous thing like that. But you know, good, look, I, I hope that they're happy. He seemed uh, very measured and stressed yep. by the whole thing. She seemed yep. like she was finally getting to say what she'd wanted to say. Yep. And he seemed like, Oh man, you know, this is going to go over bad with the family, which I understand. So mm-hmm. he's in a tough spot, man, loves his wife and, you know, she's between him and certain family members. And that's always a bad spot to be, no matter how royal or, you know, pedestrian you, you are. So. Or you might even be estranged like Matt James's dad, Manny. Who, oh, well, let's talk. That's a great transition. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what'd you think of Manny? Manny was invited to come over to the Neapolitan mm-hmm. and visit with his son. I had several questions as this was going on because you can say it, it's going to sound contradictory, but it, it did not go very well and then it ended okay. I, my questions were, when's the last time he saw his dad? Because I didn't think his dad was in his life. So is that shocking? How, how long had it been since he'd seen his dad? But maybe it, ha- yep, I had the maybe same it question. hadn't been very long. I'm confident that Manny did not know what he was getting into when he agreed oh, to come. I think that's an understatement. Yeah, he was blindsided. Yeah, like the queen, allegedly. Um, <laughs> they um, gave him uh, a starched outfit, you know. Uh, yep. He looked very nice and he looked ready. Uh, he looked like he had a smile on his face. And then he said, well, I'm not here to talk about this. I'm here to celebrate you, which I think was probably a direct quote of what was told to him on the phone before they gave him a plane ticket yep. uh, from where we came from. But yeah, I felt like he was um, submarine by that a little bit. What I have a problem with is I feel like ABC does this a lot. Remember, um, what's his name, who now lives in the van, Dean, and his dad was the guru, and they sort of thrust that in front of everybody. I I, I, I get it, good TV, whatever. I get it, Manny probably signed something that said he can't say anything, and I get it. They probably told Matt, hey, we'll give you an extra X grand if you have this conversation on television. What I have, what I struggle with is that he doesn't know that's what, Manny doesn't know that's what's happening when he's coming in. Now, is his dad, you know, deadbeat, didn't show up for his life, went off and started another family? Matt's dealing with all these demons. Yes, but you also see him, you see it click in his eyes, and then all of a sudden he's on the defense. And that just makes things worse. And and yeah. again, I know good television and everything, but when, when his dad gets on the defense and, and, and says, well, my dad died when I was five years old. So you, and all, all things that didn't even make sense with what Matt was talking about. And he never could, they never could get on the same page. And then you saw it again, Manny clicked in and said, oh, I just need to apologize and get on his good side and this will be over. Yeah. He definitely tried to, he deflected, then he misdirected 
and then I guess Matt, he let him squirm a little, then held him accountable. And then like you said, he, I think Matt made a conscious decision to turn the corner and just, yeah, you know, it was what it was. He had accomplished everything he was going to accomplish in that format with, you know, four cameras in his face exactly. and uh, whatever. But yeah, I, you know, I think it, it definitely gave perspective. I thought, you know, Matt's comment about I didn't need pizza or whatever. Jeez. I just needed a dad. Yeah. That was sad. So sad. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that could relate to that out there, um, including, remember the orphan that ate lipstick? Yes. What was her name? Uh-huh. Um, her. Christina, Christina or Christine or something. Yeah, I thought about her in that um, exchange. But um, yeah, you know, I clearly some real issues there with the dad not being able to express himself because of his dad. And then it just, you know, the sins of the father type of thing, it rolls downhill and Matt seemed to be sincere about addressing it before he enters into a committed relationship. Right. Because the purpose of this conversation from what I can gather is for Matt to say, you weren't there for me and it has really screwed me up when it comes to relationships in any type of relationship. And I have decided I'm not going to be like you and that's okay. Because you never really did say you need to apologize for not being there for me, but that's where they ended. And they ended with a big hug and Matt saying, Hey, this is a great first step. Now let me read this to you because this was the next day. And this is a tweet from Matt. And well, it was that night actually. And it was a tweet. He said, tonight's convo with my dad was hard to experience and it's just as hard to watch all this time later especially knowing the world is watching with me too often we see dangerous stereotypes and negative depictions of black fathers in the media and they have consequences when presented without context i get that i mean they're walking a tightrope and Mm -hmm. i think to me the truth is a truth in that situation. I don't think anybody is, uh, well, maybe some people are, you know, inclined to extrapolate that to, you know, every father and son in that situation. Um, but I just, for me, when I watched it, I thought here's one father that didn't take care of his family and one son that's trying to address it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't really have any feelings one way or another about that tweet. I think it was a tough conversation. Uh, it's his life and reality. And I don't think that that implies that any other father anywhere else is irresponsible because of his race or whatever reason. Um, but clearly his father ran out on the family when Matt was young and that's had a profound effect on his life. And I'm sure his mother's life as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think about people like me who say, well, ABC should have never aired that. That should have been kept private. I agree with that. I think, you know, look, you've got, you had, Two people that had agreed to that conversation on camera, and yeah. both of them apparently agreed. But to your point, I don't think one of them had all the information, um, you know yeah. that that needed to be. And I got to tell you, you know, every look, every parent has some mistake. I think no matter how good or bad or indifferent the parent is, every parent has some mistake that that he or she regrets with respect to their child that comes back to haunt the child in their adulthood. That's just the way it is, right? Every yeah. parent makes a mistake. And so, you know, for instance, the name of your blog mm, <laughs> is spawned mm-hmm. by your your mother's misguided yes. um, uh, forcing green beans down your throat. <laughs> to this day, but, to this day, she will say, but, but did you lose weight when you ate those green that's beans? That's right. Yes, you did. Yeah. But would you want to take your mother on national TV and have that conversation? I, I, I just I, did it in a book. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fair enough. So, uh, and she's totally cool with it, everybody. She's totally yeah, cool she, because of that whole statement. She'll go, but did the green beans help you lose weight? Yes, they did. And I was like, yeah, oh, it, mama. It scarred you mentally, but it's it was physically fine. effective at Look the time. Look how good yeah, you so. looked in your leotard. Okay. Exactly. So, no, I just, my point is, is that every parent has something. And I think that, um, you know, given the the choice, uh, every parent in order to address whatever issue it is with uh, his or her child would prefer to do that in a private location yeah. as opposed to on national TV. Now, let me twist this up for you and, and show your smarts. As a lawyer, how would you respond to that if I said this should have been kept private? Well, you'd uh, look, I'm sure he signed both of those. Well, of course, Matt, we know is beholden to ABC for a lot of um, obligations in the future. We've seen that already with Rachel Lindsay and her, you know, I'm done with the show once my contractual obligations are done. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt, I think is one issue, but the father, um, I think, look, if, if he can argue that he was somehow duped into that and he's had some negative consequence, then yeah, he might be able to um, he might have some sort of grievance against ABC that can be aired in the legal system, but I'm not sure what that would be in light of the fact that they have him probably sign an airtight release. They give him some consideration, whether it's a free room or a vacation at the Nema colon or a new outfit or money or whatever to appear there. And I'm sure that ABC lawyers a lot smarter than me had him sign something before they put him in front of the camera. So that's my guess. But again, if he could allege some type of fraud or deception that um, made him do that interview. And then he's got to prove some sort of damage mm-hmm. as a result. I think, yeah. I mean, I think he would have a, a, a beef. And if you're in the room where it happens, where you're all sitting around the conference room table saying, Hey, here's an idea. Let's get Matt's dad in here. What do y'all think? Everybody's going to jump on that because of ratings and money. Right. Right. But you know what I think would have been better is if they would have just put harnesses on them both and had them climb a bridge or something (laughs) together. That would have solved everything. Bungee jump holding each other. Yeah. And, uh, but, but we all know we, we did learn later that um, pottery is like Um, marriage (laughs) in the, in the ghost date as, uh, as I've referred to it. As we all refer to it. Thank you. Before we get to our ghost date, let's, Talk about Michelle. Remember, we're on Fantasy Suite Week. So mm-hmm. traditionally, we step it up. There's maybe a little bit more pizzazz in the dates. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel the magic this time. <laughs> I did, did you? Yeah, I didn't. I usually, you know, you get that lead in and they're flying over the colon or whatever, and you think, oh boy. Here it comes. I didn't feel that way this week. Me neither. We have Michelle who is doing, and I quote, a Pennsylvania Dutch spa day. Now, Mm. some of you may be asking, what is a Pennsylvania Dutch spa day? You know who else was asking that? Matt and Michelle, because no one was in the room to help them figure out what it is they were supposed to do with the vat of oatmeal. And mm-hmm. the 19 sticks of butter and a bathtub filled with milk and mm-hmm. little sprigs of lavender in it. Yeah. I, I um, first question is like, uh, I could see, like, where's Dutchland? <laughs> <laughs> Where is that? What country is that? <laughs> and why do they bathe in goat milk? <laughs> How do you know it's goat? 
Uh, I know. I'm just saying it's, it looked disgusting, first of all. Just a vat of warm, curdling milk with, with sprigs of whatever in it. But how did they know? The other thing, like they just show up and there's all this stuff is set up and there's nobody. There's, there's no um, um, Steve or Morty or whatever those guys' mm-hmm. names were. Mm-hmm. To say, hey, we're we're Pennsylvania Dutch, and this is what we do with our milk and our oatmeal. There's none of that. Yet somehow they know to stick their feet in the oatmeal. To what kind of oatmeal do you think it was? <laughs> I don't know. They're Quaker. different. Like, steel- Quaker <laughs> oatmeal. Duh. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. That's the one with bar on the box, right? I'm all at that. That's awful. <laughs> she looked like the Quaker oats guy. God rest her soul. She looked like the Quaker Oats guy. <laughs> Here's my question to you. Why butter? Why wouldn't you just give them some yeah. oil to rub all over each other? So they're rubbing butter and they're sitting their feet in oatmeal and they're sitting in a milk bath mm-hmm. and then they're going to bake at 350 for 25 minutes and see what happens. Why butter? Right. I mean, gross. Uh, there was nothing about no, that date that looked no. enchanting, and they looked like okay. I guess we get the stick of butter and rub it Which on each other. Which one would be the worst for you? Um, the oatmeal, the butter, or the milk? I think the milk. I don't think I could sit there in a a vat of warm milk. It would that would no. I don't even think I would get in there in the first place. <laughs> yes, you would. You signed a contract. Exactly. Yeah, your obligate says right here in clause fourteen. If we put goat milk in front of you, you're obligated. And they were daring each other to eat the oatmeal where their feet had been flopping around. Mm-hmm. Gross. Huh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Michelle yeah. and Matt have this great little conversation afterwards about the difference between falling in love and staying in love. Did you have a reaction to That's that right. as someone who is in love? <laughs> is that a question for me? <laughs> I have no, no opinion I think, look, of that. No, that was a, I, I look. I love my wife. It would, look, it was it was a valid point. I think that what she was trying to say was, look, you know, the the whole getting married thing is fantastic, but uh, one day you wake up and all that's over. And I think that's even more pronounced in a case like this, where your courtship is condensed and on TV. Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, staying in love, uh, look, everyone says, I guess as a cliche, marriage is hard work. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, and, and you just have to wake up every day. I think the key to it is, um, you have to just put failure out of your mind. You have to say, look, this is no matter what goes on, this is going to be where I'm at. And if you're in that mindset, makes it a lot easier to deal with the aggravation. (laughs) Uh, What, where we got here is that Matt is talking about Michelle's parents and how cute and in love they are and how sweet and wonderful and all the things. Mm -hmm. And then he gets to a point where he tells Michelle about his conversation with his dad. It was the first of three Mm -hmm. times we heard this because he told each woman about his conversation with his dad. But I think Michelle had a really great reaction to that because she didn't apologize or feel bad or guilt that her family is a little bit on the Pollyanna side and her parents are so in love. Her point was, Mm -hmm. well, how you grew up is who made you to be the man you are today. And that man is someone that I'm interested in. And then she said... I love you, Matt. 
I really, I really appreciated that she yeah. put Matt at the end of it because typically we don't get the name, right? And I think that, right, and that 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 it uh, validated yes. him as a person when you call him Matt, right? And so that's important. But I will also tell you that as we're talking about Matt's tweet about a stereotypical um, uh, father that leaves his son um, being a negative stereotype. Michelle's family was completely the opposite. Yeah. Was a interracial couple that is obviously caring, loving, happy, supportive of their daughter. And she is, by all mm-hmm. measures, a success. She's a, a teacher, clearly beloved by her students. And she seemed like a well adjusted, decent, nice person. I frankly think she's the best pick, I but know. he's not going to pick. Uh, I have, I, uh, she's so great. Yeah. He gave her the forego card and they took the skeleton key from the prop closet and went and and mm-hmm. and her accommodations were adequate is what I will say. Well, before we address that, why and I noticed this in all three dates, why was the Chris Harrison um uh go to the fantasy suite, forego the foreplay um card? Why was that concealed it under the dinner is. plates? It's always a big surprise. Oh, is it? Like I, they don't know it's coming. Oh, well, uh-huh. <laughs> like, guess what? Look, look what's what? under my dinner plate. I haven't been able to touch for four hours while we're filming. Yeah. With my fake rubber steak that Jake Pavelka flew over from Hong Kong. <laughs> Any I opportunity know. To I know. Take a stab <laughs> at that chat. Good for you. Have we seen him lately? Is he just is, is he finally done with his fifteen minutes? Uh, he was a Chippendale for a while. I'm not sure if his if he's God. still doing that. Mm, okay. Know. Well, let's just hope he's relegated to, you know, over the ocean cargo <laughs> flights in the okay. middle of the night. Well, we go from <laughs> Michelle and oatmeal and goat baths to Bree, who gets to wander around in the forest. Mm. Yeah. Typically the first person on the um, overnights dates is, um, if you go by history, is is done, mm-hmm. right? They they give the first date, and I've said this before, the most um, in exchange for being the first one humiliated and leaving after fantasy week, um, they have the least risk of any communicable disease. <laughs> um, they seem to mix it up here because Brie, yeah, Brie was second. Mm. Um, I think Brie lost it, lost the bidding during that date, if you will. Really? Ooh, explain. I just think he was on the fence with Michelle and Brie. And I think there's sort of a, um, you know, a a Madonna syndrome with Matt and Michelle. I think he sees her as too virtuous, maybe, Mm. you know, like too, too momish and purish maybe. Um, And so my guess was he was struggling with that versus, you know, Brie and there was qualities about her he liked. I mean, let's be fair to Brie. She got beat up on a couple dates this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the remember the the crash on the yeah. ATV and then yeah. um, um there's a lot of injuries on dates this year. <laughs> hey, did we see the ambulance? No, we never saw the ambulance. Huh. No. I just that just hit me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Rachel on that one. Yeah, she, probably, she, she probably fell on her neck yeah. in a way that she shouldn't have. Yeah, that that uh, that crash would warrant a nine one one call. Mm-hmm. Unlike every single other time the ambulance has exactly. visited the set. Exactly. But um, so I felt like he was looking for that big moment with Bree, and the date to me felt pretty vanilla. Like it just was, it just happened, and. Mm. 
You know, there was no magic or fireworks or anything like that. Literally, there was nothing. They literally hiked through the woods mm-hmm. and then he made her help him put up a tent. And there was this insinuation that, oh, this is going to be where our fantasy suite is. But it wasn't, mm-hmm. of course. No. no, I was going to ask you if you camp. Oh, do I camp? Um, I have camped. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Like in Girl Scouts or no, like recently. We didn't have that in Hallsville. Are you kidding me? No. Oh. I camped um I have camped twice. Mm, okay. Well I guess that counts. I'll tell you why I have troubles with camping and it all comes down to the bathroom. I uh, I need a toilet. So these days you can go to a even a primitive can site. Uh, where you're on the ground as opposed to a platform mm-hmm. and you're sort of in the woods, but you're within, you know, a couple hundred yards of a legitimate shower and a bathroom. I could do that. Okay. Fair I enough. don't care about sleeping on the ground and I don't care about not showering and hygiene optional yeah. and eating out of a little stove. Yeah. That doesn't bother the, me, but the bathroom. The bathroom. Mrs. Some guy is um, not a camper, mm-hmm. um, but she is fascinated with this van life thing, yeah. you know, like <laughs> Dean and what's his face. <laughs> Um, and you know, she's like, let's buy a van. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> where would we go? Well, to national parks. Anywhere. Like, yeah. We're going to go park in Yellowstone and we're, you can climb El Capitan while I, you know, do whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, why not? Well, because you'd be sleeping in the bed in the van and I'd be driving to Yellowstone for one. Anyway, she just, you know. God bless her. She just dives into the Instagram and the the van life, and she just she pictures herself. Van for yeah. her birthday. It's like remember the in the the amazing what was it the, the never ending story where the, you know the guys riding that Dog. weird looking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that's her. Like she's laying in her bed looking at Instagram, and the next thing you know, she's riding a hairy dog with wings across the sky. <laughs> okay. Except it's a van, and and we're in Yellowstone. <laughs> should make that happen. I bet you can rent those things. All that to say, I think this was a dumb date, but they did. Yeah, they were reaching. They didn't even reach. They just, (laughs) they just said, oh, there's some woods. Go walk around in it. Is there there an academy close to here? (laughs) Somebody go get me a tent. (laughs) ABC Pick up some marshmallows. Pick up some marshmallows while you're at it. They did a good job with her dinner date and her next accommodations. Cause she, she, she was way better than Michelle. She had some sort of sweet situation instead of a, you know, tinier little bedroom. Right. I think that was payback for the, the tent date. You know, it's like, all yeah. right, look, if we're, if we're going to, if we're going to straddle her with the tent date uh, and make her roll around them in yeah. the Nema colon, um, in the nether regions of the Nema colon. Exactly. And, um, but I still think that the camera crew was like on the balcony of the Nema colon. Like th- that couldn't have been more than a football toss away from the resort. Why wouldn't they give them a yurt? It, exactly. No, or, or, uh, around. <laughs> and you know, the Nema colon has some yurts. Yeah. Well, and, um, I, I think the issue would be the one you just brought up would be the, the ability to go to the bathroom. Harrison's living in the yurt. And that's what I thought. With Neil Lane. He's mm. been exiled. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> at dinner, and by they, the way, I hope when, look, I don't know if he's sufficiently going to, um, uh, repent enough to get his job back, but if he does, um, you, you got to send him a tweet about the hair he's got to do. I mean, he's mm-hmm. dying it now, which is fine. You know, he can color it, but 
Harrison's got some money laying around. He can afford to get a better dye job than the one he has. Okay, I'm on it. Anyway, at dinner, Bree and Matt talk about, once again, his conversation with his dad. And her reaction, of course, is 180 from Michelle because she has the exact same she has the exact same background and childhood right. as Matt does. And so she did a very good job of saying, well, I can see why you would do that. And and she sort of processed through if she would ever want to do that, depending on, you know, what, right. her, what her future looks like. And so then they make out and go forego. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So look, I think we talked about this too, is that all of these, the, well, besides Rachel, who's the outlier, these two that are left have a lot of things in common with him. You know, they're both from interracial mm-hmm. uh, families. Uh, one of them has daddy issues. The other one doesn't, which I think complements his lack of a father. So I think there's something there in both of them. But again, I just think, I think Bree fumbled the ball mm. uh, or maybe he was on the fence and just whatever happened on that date, he decided Michelle was better than Bree. Okay. Now let's talk about Rachel and her, angst. She was a little stressed. Throughout the entire episode, she was that girl who could not get over the fact that her boyfriend was having intimate relations with other women. Now, what makes it different at Mm -hmm. the Nemecolon is that they can drag Rachel and Michelle out into the lobby just as as, as Brie is walking in, you know, so everybody, so they're going to have to have a conversation about, and, and Rachel just straight up, what'd y'all do? Where'd you go? Yeah. How was How it? Was it? Oh. How was it? And Michelle being so nice and dainty was, you know, I had a lovely time. And then Brie is saying, it's really good to have alone time with him. The right. end. Yeah, exactly. And Rachel's crying. Well, it affects her date. Before I get into that, did you notice her date, her ghost date? Her shirt in the front had a, a cut open where you could see her belly button. I, I thought maybe she had that on backwards. She might have. Yeah. I mean, because it, it, it didn't, I didn't understand it the was, shirt. It, it it was. I didn't think it looked mm-hmm. good on her. And and I, well, I'm not sure it could look mm-hmm. good on anybody, but it didn't look good on her. And it was certainly not a shirt to wear when you're stressed and insecure. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I think there's got to be some kind of psychological study that, you know, showing your belly button when you're vulnerable is probably not the best way to like get over being vulnerable. Exactly. Even if you have a denim jacket that's acid wash and three times too big where you can wrap yourself up into it and cuddle because you're so insecure, don't wear that shirt is what we're saying. But she Mm -hmm. comes into the ghost date. She probably has no idea the reference that we're using when we say the ghost date. Explain to people what ghost date is. So in the movie Ghost, um, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, you know, he's he's a ghost because he's been killed mm-hmm. um, by by the bad guy in that um, that show with um, Kerry Washington. Candle, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, he's the bad guy. Tony Goldwyn, I think, yes. is his name. He's the bad guy, and uh, Patrick Swayze's dead, but he's a ghost. And Whoopi Goldberg, fortunately for Patrick Swayze and for Demi Moore, can see um, Patrick Swayze. And uh, there's a scene where Demi Moore is um, um, crafting pottery Mm -hmm. and uh, the Righteous Brothers song plays and um, Patrick Swayze puts his hands on Demi Moore's and they make a pot together. Mm -hmm. Very sensual. It's very sensual and it's very sexy times. And And, um, very not really the same thing. thing. That's right, really. Yeah, one of the one iconic Hollywood scene we would say, and 
the the thing about this one in the nemocolon was it wasn't even close to that. <laughs> and it totally went and, to waste because they slap some clay. It starts the wheel and she mm-hmm. says, we got to talk. Well, uh, yeah, she just couldn't focus. Mm-hmm. But th- th- you, do you remember what line did it for her? No. And it was awful. I mean, it was so awful because the poor pottery lady had no idea. No, she didn't. And uh, she was just like, I'm going to be on The Bachelor and get to show my Nemecolon pottery. And they have the clay thing and they're doing it. And then Rachel, there's a voiceover that's like, I am so stressed to know that he's been intimate with other women. And the pottery lady, they've cut back to her and she says, now put your finger in the hole. (laughs) And I thought, man, somebody in the freaking editing room is laughing about that one and uh, they're molding well, phallic things ex- yeah exactly I mean, yeah i mean it's just it was like the best setup ever i mean they might as well have, like given like a hot dog buffet and be like oh, talk talk about it over hot dogs and you know goat milk or whatever and uh so <laughs> they finally had the conversation and i guess he he finally makes her laugh but he he could tell she was oh um, absolutely she was none too pleased Mm-mm. about the last two nights and and all he said to her to make her feel better she she was she was honest you know she spoke her truth and right. her honesty was i've just been burdened this week and it's very hard for me to think of you with the, these other women and and in a way she was sort of driving the conversation in my opinion to should i be worried meaning am i the last one standing i i I don't know if i could she wanted some reassurance yeah i don't know if i could handle myself if if you leave my life she's never saying if i'm the last one or if i go it's if you leave my life i don't know if i can handle that and here's how he answered when you fell (laughs) when you when your face hit the ground at 40 miles an hour. <laughs> I thought, what would it be like without, <laughs> without Rachel? <laughs> Which, Lindsay, let's just be honest. Even if he's in love with her or not, like that's a rational thought when you witness that. I mean, your worst enemy. Your worst enemy could hit the ground like that. And you would think, what's it like to be without my worst, <laughs> worst enemy? When your neck contorted into an angle that it shouldn't have, I yeah. thought, what would it be like to not have Rachel in this world? That's yeah. all he said, man, and she was fine. So then they yeah, go. Like, oh, that's so sweet. Then they go ghost it together. You know, they yeah. share their pottery wheel like Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore did. I have some ghost facts. Would you like to hear them? Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Because I, I am, as you might um, might have suspected. I'm not a big fan. I just don't. I, I saw the movie, and it's so sappy and whatever. But you know, it's one of those things that works that you watch ten years later, and you're like, man, I can't believe you know this happened, um, yeah. and it, it was successful. But whatever. So when I'm you, ready. I'm ready. When Ghost you trivia. say it's not trivia, it's just facts. When you say oh, successful, might I tell you that it was the highest grossing film in 1990? Yeah, it was a big deal. Um, and you wonder how these, you know, like Demi Moore and then she, she hooks up with Ashton Kusher and they have like a hundred million dollars to invest in Twitter and all these. Remember yeah. he was the first person with a hundred, a million Twitter followers. Yeah. And, um, you wonder, you think, well, how do these people get so rich? Well, that's yeah. how you exactly. get points, on the, back end, because points on the back end of a movie like that. That's yeah. my next fact is that it took Demi Moore from actress to megastar in, in the same vein as, 
at the time, Julia Roberts and Michelle Pfeiffer and all of these kind of bombshell looking ladies. It took it took her up, even though it's a big deal that she cut her hair. They didn't the directors didn't know that she's going to cut her hair and they wanted her to wear a wig. And she said, no. I think this lady's going to have short hair. And so they kept it. But she was also hired because she could cry on cue. Wow. And they can say, cry with your only your left eye and she could do it. <laughs> cry with only your right eye and she could do it. Why, why would that be? Because, I, I just, because the camera's over here and we just need one tear to fall down on this right cheek. It's one. <laughs> we don't want to ruin your makeup. And we only want to do half your makeup. do it. I think that's. Fantastic. And um, Whoopi Goldberg won an Oscar for her yes. role as Otome. I can't remember her last name. And then you mentioned the Righteous Brothers. Do you remember the song? Um, oh, My Love, My Darling, A Hunger for Your Touch. I can't remember the, what's the I'll title? I'd like you to sing that, please. No, okay. no, no. I'm not. I can't do, I can't do that. I can't get that high. <laughs> Unchained Melody. That's right. And then the... Um, U uh, two, by the way, does an awful remake okay. of that. I mean, Bono, Bono just doesn't have the range that um, the Righteous Brothers did. And uh, name me another movie with a very famous, iconic um, scene involving a Righteous Brothers song. Dirty Dancing. Oh well, there's another one. Name me another one. <laughs> Hold on. What, Come on, mo- it's obvious. A movie. Yes, with a with a um, Righteous a Brothers. Righteous Brothers song. Top Gun. Oh, you've lost that love and feeling. Oh, I was thinking of the Righteous Brothers singing it, but yes, I get it. That's good. Mm-hmm. I was going to go for some sort of cowboy movie that I'd never seen, but I should have <laughs> known it would have been Top Gun. Duh. Do you know who wanted the role of Demi Moore's role, whatever her name was? I'm going to go with Sandra Bullock. No, close. Uh, close to Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to go back to Tom Cruise, Top Gun, Kelly McGillis. No, (laughs) Madonna. I don't know. Why is Madonna for Top Gun? I don't know. Just Nicole Kidman. That's where I was going. Ah, Nicole Kidman. She would have worked in that role. I think she would have worked. I think she would have worked. But it's just so Demi Moore now. Anyway, Mm -hmm. they do their ghost date, and then they meet for dinner, and she's wearing one of her pretty woman dresses. And he tells her the story about his dad. And she kind of gives the same answer as Michelle did as, oh, I'm so proud of you. That's great. Here's my question for you. As you recall, he's laying her back on the bed. And Mm -hmm. then we have fireworks in the background that you can see through the window. Do you think that is a, hold up, y'all, hold up. (laughs) Let me get in position. Okay. See the fireworks. Yes. And then you do. Okay. I was just Have you ever been on a movie set? Of course you have, right? Like commercials and stuff? (laughs) No. No. Why? Of course you have. Well, I don't know because I thought in your in your business and your PR stuff, maybe you'd been for seen a commercial or something. No, nothing, nothing on a movie set when the camera is rolling, nothing happens by accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you see all these like, oh well, Brad Pitt totally improvised this scene. Okay, maybe, mm-hmm. but any any effect, stunt, light, I mean, everything is planned to the to a minuscule detail, and I guarantee you, if they're going to push the button on. <laughs> A giant fireworks display. They're going to make sure they got the shot right before it happens. So I don't think any of it. That makes sense. Because I kept thinking, okay, the guy knows, the camera guy knows 
that he needs to be down here at this angle with that. And then somebody offset is going to cue the fireworks and maybe right. Matt and Rachel don't know it, but if they're in the wrong position for him to catch them with the fireworks behind him in this nice, pretty shot, then right. they would have to know. So you're right. Yeah. Oh God. Their spontaneous romance is ruined. Yeah. So it's a lot, a lot of, it's like baseball, you know, it's yeah. like standing around. <laughs> Four hours later, something exciting yeah, happens. All, exactly. all of my stuff that I did in my past was live. So I was I was working red carpets and yeah. I was working parties where I had to protect the I had to be the bad guy whenever somebody came But even in. then there's like you're you're you have a handler and you're told, you know, I think you told the story about John Travolta where yep. where you were supposed to go over and like he was supposed to give you some kind of signal like get this guy off of me yep. and then he was supposed to like protest lightly when you said yes. Mr. Travolta you have to be over here. Right. No, no, please. No, sir. You must you must come with me. I'm, I apologize. I'm so sorry. And then they'd yeah. get pissy at me instead of John Travolta. Yeah. Who likes his lemons in slices versus wedges? In case you're ever in a in a moment where you need to provide those for him, you should know that's that. interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. In case I'm ever in a locker room hot tub and John Travolta approaches me, I'll know how he or likes his lemons. A milk bath. You never know. He might want that. Wouldn't it be interesting to have a Pennsylvania Dutch spa day with John Travolta <laughs> and just ask him whatever questions? <laughs> So, John, tell me about Olivia Newton-John. How is she in real life? (laughs) Can you pass the oatmeal? (laughs) The Quaker oats. Does anybody have some brown sugar on them? No. Lemon slices? That'll be fine. Thank you. Uh, Let's talk about the rose ceremony. Uh, Let's. Whenever he says Michelle's name first, I will admit that I felt shocked. Because nope, I, I truly, truly, truly thought, oh, he's going to, maybe, you know what I think it was? I think it was me wanting him to let Michelle go so she doesn't become runner up. Yeah. Because Michelle is um, better than all of this, which makes me not will, want her to be the next bachelorette. She won't. And listen, she has a a good support system in her parents and her, her community, her school. Clearly, we established that even through the Nima colon and her fake hometown. Right. So- when she is summarily let go next week, um, I do think that she will handle it gracefully True. and she will fall onto a soft mattress of comfort and love back in wherever she's from. I agree. That's going to, that's going to happen. Here's, mm-hmm. here's my other question for you is we're down to Rachel. We're down to Michelle. So this coming week, which is three hours, by the way, because remember we have after the final rose tacked on to the uh. end. Yes. So they will meet his mother. There is that moment where he is sobbing on the driveway. He's crouched down on the driveway and Chris Harrison comes and sits by him and says, do you think you can do this anymore? And mm-hmm. he says, I don't know. So something happens along those lines do you think we have a proposal because we do see him holding uncle neil's ring in his hand but we have not seen a pet proposal pedestal have we we haven't but do you think maybe they filmed alternate endings and they're not going to have their proposal because of the controversy Mm. now Interesting. Because I heard, um, I, I did read a, a one time where they, they film alternate endings. 
You mean he's going to propose to both of them? No, no, no. Oh, they, okay. they, 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 there's a, there's a proposal propose, one. And, then, and then we scrap it and we do something else for the ending. So maybe that's the case. And I think that might be, they may, he might be better served by not proposing to Rachel um, yeah. because of the impending yeah. controversy. Do so who knows? Do you think Rachel is at after the final rose? I think she has to be. I do too. I do too. Um, do you think the next bachelorette is Katie? Maybe. But again, I think I said in light of the, if you had asked me that three weeks ago, I would have said yes, but I don't know now. I mean, they, they're obviously going to go for, um, I think that they've got to go in a direction that pleases uh, the public. And there's cl- clearly a controversy. Do Well, I have... I have heard, again, neither of us do spoilers, but I have heard, because I was reading um, an article, this Matt James article that I just read about the tweet, it said that The Bachelorette has started filming, or at least they have started quarantining, and they're in New Mexico, Uh so someone has been chosen, maybe, question mark, I don't know. What would you think, because I know this is a rumor going around, too, Two bachelorettes. I could see that happening. They almost did it with Tasha and um, Claire before Claire went nuts and mm-hmm. you know got married right but, away. But that adds um, that adds an extra layer of you know. Let's just use the last two, Michelle and Brie. That adds that extra layer of well, Brie likes that guy. Oh, but Michelle likes that guy mm-hmm. too. So he gets a little bit of ownership on which direction he wants. I don't know. I don't know. I thought that was an intriguing because you remember way back when they did it, Caitlin's year, Caitlin and what was her name? Brie. And the, and that first night the guys had to choose which one was the bachelor Rhett. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. But that, uh, but what I'm saying is you keep, you keep them both. I don't know for how long. One giant, Season-long two-on-one date? No, 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 no. I wouldn't say two-on-one. I would say I get to choose my 10 guys, and they are these 10 guys. And you get to choose your 10 guys, and they are these 10 guys. But some of them may overlap, which is fine. But then I go on a one-on-one date with him. (laughs) They're like horse trading? Like, I'll trade you Matt for Steve? Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what it is. That would be good. And then they kind of meet in the middle, like they go for walks together, and they talk about things. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, this this could be a good format, See? I think. See? Yeah. I think that's so great. Meaning she could say, well, I really like him. And another one, well, I really, really like them. And then you see the poor guy and he doesn't know which one to choose. Like Maybe we should put him in their underwear and they can <laughs> wrestle for us. Somebody get me a pottery wheel right now. <laughs> that's right. The losers, the losers get to spend time with Katie. The winners get to spend time with Tasha. No, that's so mean. <laughs> But I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I again, I think uh, based upon what I saw with with Harrison, there was an interview. You know, he did his apology and then apparently went to get uh, meet with the appropriate people, and they gave him the thumbs up, which I think is a path toward um, redemption. So I don't know what it's going to look like next season. But I think the way they do that is again mix in some kind of co-host where Harrison says, you know, over to you, so and so. And she's like, or she's like, like on the, like under the bed in this fantasy day. We're, we're here live in the fantasy suite, Chris. No one's touched the goat milk yet, but we're anticipating any second. 
Hey, thank y'all for listening. If you'd like to read a recap of the Fantasy Suite dates, head on over to IHateGreenBeans.com for years and years and years and years and years of content. Remember, one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to review the show on iTunes. It would be an honor if you headed over there and left us your thoughts. And make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter and at Lindsay Ray on Instagram and Facebook. Remember, my name is spelled weird, L-I-N-C-E-E. And don't forget to check out my real books, Why I Hate Green Beans and It's a Love Story. You can find them in actual bookstores. What? Mostly half-priced books because people are selling them back. Totally fine with that. Totally. Or you could buy it electronically on Amazon. You could listen to it audibly. That was a fun, fun thing to record my book. So cool. I'm rambling now. (laughs) And now I'm cracking myself up. Y'all stay safe. Have courage and be kind out there. Until we're together again. Love you. Mean it. Texas forever. Baby, baby, I'd get down on my knees for you. If you would only love me like you used to do, yeah. We had a love, a love, a love you don't find every day. Back that love.